0: Wine Interrupted with Heather Noel and Tammy. All right, everyone, welcome back to Wine Interrupted. We have an extra special guest tonight. Tammy, how are you yeah, doing? Do.
1: Me, oh, living the dream. How about you, Heather?
0: Oh, it's been a day. I'll be honest, but I was looking forward Hasn't to this it? all day. So I'm thrilled to be here with you guys. And we haven't. Yeah. I don't know. Let's uh, let's tell them about our guest tonight. How would you describe him? I have a few words. <laughs> <laughs> He's an enigma. He's a wizard. He's a spider. He's all the above. <laughs> and he has a, a multiple webs, from what I understand. He's going to talk about those tonight. I'm Introducing, is it okay to say your name?
2: Uh, yes. Ivan. Hi, Ivan. We're Ivan. going with Ivan tonight.
0: <laughs>
1: Welcome, Ivan.
2: Um, um, hi, friends. Uh, friends new and old. Woohoo.
0: Well, um, why do we have you on this podcast, Ivan? Why do you? What's the What's the topic? Could you be fluent I, in it? Wait,
2: wait <laughs> I, I don't feel like I should be the one to answer this. You tell, you, you tell me.
0: Oh, no, I just, I mean, you know, in, in some ways he embodies the subject matter itself. Um, it's called, um, the first time I've ever heard of the phrase, Um, Is it relationship Mm -hmm. anarchy?
2: Yeah, I, I, um, that has certainly been an inspiration for me. I mean, there's a lot of different meanings and and ways that people look at it. So relationship anarchy was a big inspiration for how I have just figured out how to relate with people in a way that works for me. Great and cool.
0: And And would you say under that guise, um, is that it's sort of an umbrella of like open relationships alternative relationships, or do you, are there strict rules to relationship anarchy? Uh,
2: well, relationship anarchy is definitely uh, trying to get away from rules. And it also kind of, it. I think it exists a little bit outside the realm of like polyamory, the way most people think of it, because it's not just about romantic relationships. Mm. It's re- oh. It really has to do with people creating whatever kinds of relationships they want to whatever actually works for them and is based entirely on, you know, honesty and like just the reality of how people feel and feel connected, uh, rather than kind of prescribed rules or like structures or setup.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Is was that what your understanding it's, was, Tammy?
1: Um well, I haven't expanded on it more, but is it
2: under the lifestyle umbrella? Yeah, I mean it's definitely related to the uh, to the polyamorous lifestyle commonly. I mean, it's also gotcha. it, it, I think it it tries to be very inclusive of people who uh, you know the the asexual people who don't really have relationships in that way and
0: mm-hmm. it's
2: really I I mean the way I see it certainly is is it's just trying to remove all of the prescribed structures of relationships. Period. So there's, there's sort of an argument about whether even like monogamy can fit under that, because it's really trying to open the door to people having whatever kinds of relationships they want and, and more than just what they want, but what is actually real and how people actually feel. And that often doesn't like follow any rules, no matter what you try to overlay over the way that people relate.
1: That's awesome. And I'm, I've, gonna be honest, I am
2: so intrigued.
1: <laughs> <I'm
2: really laughs> <excited for them. laughs> I, I was I was really excited uh-huh. when I discovered the principles of relationship anarchy. It comes from mm-hmm. kind of, I, I think it kind of comes from like the queer activist world. It kind of bubbled up from there. And it really, it kind of blew my mind because I had been exploring open relationships and polyamory for a while before I discovered that. And, and it's a relatively new and small sort of philosophy. And I don't know, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't really know, like how many people there are out there that found this as fascinating as I did and kind of like adopted it into their life. You know, I, I've connected with some communities in, in various places, but it does seem, it seems like a rather small subset and people have very different ideas about it. So I don't know if what I am practicing like falls into the kind of mainstream of, what other people are practicing or, you know, if other relationship anarchists would be mad that I even claim to, <laughs> to like,
0: <laughs>
2: abide by this philosophy. Do them proud.
0: You'll Do them proud. So, so, so yes.
2: disc- disclaimer, I am not an expert or a like, you know, public, uh, you know, voice of relationship anarchy. I This is just kind of the best description of the way I have chosen to relate that I've found in like written material and, you know out there cool love it
0: and so you we were just going to say that when we're discussing things tonight we're not naming names and actual people and events we're just (laughs) speaking in very nebulous
2: terms I I mean I might not be totally nebulous but I'm probably not going to name any names perfect so
1: names are going to be changed to protect the scandalous
2: (laughs) maybe I'll make make up some names if necessary
0: (laughs) well I mean there we go I'm definitely one of those people that is uh, fascinated by the concept. Um, I don't think I could actually practice it, but it's definitely something that I'm, as you know, Ivan, I've talked, I've like talked to your ear about this, your ear off about this so many times. So I always love to hear about it. I want to hear how it works, why it works, tips, mm-hmm. tricks, suggestions, all the above, because boy, I don't think I could do it. <laughs>
2: Well, I think that, I think that the first thing you have to think about is like, people do have, there's like a reality under the way that you're supposed to have relationships. There's the reality of like how you actually feel and how connected you are with people. And, and uh, to me, that's like the core is, is just to get to the center. Like if you had no rules and there was no like society sort of expectations pushing down on you. Like, how would you choose to relate to people? How do you feel about the people in your life? And, and you know, I think for me, the whole process is just about trying to act on that and mm-hmm. being being totally honest about that and just kind of seeing, you know, what happens. Like, what mm-hmm. happens when everybody actually knows how everybody feels and, and what everybody actually wants and try to base your relationships on that, which seems... Uh, you know, it is sort of mind blowing and revolutionary, but it seems also very straightforward, much more straightforward than trying to figure out how to fit your actual feelings into whatever societal constructs you're trying to fit them into.
1: And I think like our traditional like relationship structures, they're totally socially constructed.
2: I mean, absolutely. I mean, like, I think it's kind of common knowledge that marriage sort of comes from a a way to own women like that's that is a Mm -hmm. a lot of how like what marriage evolved from property and and kind of the way that the way that i've come to see things is now it's sort of egalitarian and that the man and the woman now own each other uh so that's a sort of egalitarianism but also like not really the way the heart works and you know, and and sort of fails to really like allow for the full range of human connections. I, I don't know, but maybe it does. You know, like <laughs> obvious. You know, I definitely feel like I'm sort of uh, unusual in this way because I don't know a lot of people that relate this way. But I just, I don't really. <laughs> I, I also don't relate to the way most people have relationships. Like, I don't really get it.
0: Interesting. Have you ever been in a monogamous relationship? <laughs> I mean,
2: of course, right? Right, (laughs) Like I, I grew up in America, and like I have seen all the movies. (laughs) Like I grew up in the '80s. Like, yeah. So I mean, I, I wasn't. I, I, for my whole life, I kind of had ideas of that. Like what is being presented is not quite right for me, Mm -hmm. but also was not really exposed to like polyamory or like polyamorous culture, and it wasn't you know until 10 years ago that i you know when i was 40 i basically decided this is not working for me like after many many failed monogamous relationships you know that often failed just from honesty just like because i'm a person that's attracted to multiple people including you know and that includes a lot of my friends and then being honest about that and then your monogamous relationship blows up because you're not supposed to have those feelings for more people than than your one person.
0: Or it's not that you're not supposed to have it's, those feelings, you just don't talk about it.
2: <laughs> right. Well, you don't talk about it, you don't you definitely don't act on it, you know, and right. and it's like I mean, I you know, from my perspective, the world is dying and if I wanna cuddle with all of my friends like I'm going to <laughs> Cuddle puddle. No was it
1: really spring when you um discovered relationship anarchy?
2: Yes, I mean that that was well into kind of my journey of opening relationships. So like I, I think mm-hmm. I had I had kind of been of that mind already, but it was really exciting to see that other people had like written this down and mm-hmm. and were, you know, were actually uh, you know, like uh, on the same page as me because after after exploring polyamory and polyamorous culture and philosophy for a while, I still felt like this is too restricting. Like this is it, it's still often very structured, you know, not for everybody. it's it's both mm-hmm. very it's both very structured. And it, it it's hard to describe, like I, I guess it's like, you know there's still often a hierarchy which is troublesome to me and and it's just not it's not getting to the core of it and and it also doesn't like for me like the idea of it doesn't revolve entirely around who is sleeping with who but just Mm -hmm. a general way of relating you know it's just like to me the the core of all of this outside of any labels is just to being honest it's just about people expressing exactly how they feel and especially in matters of the heart it's like so weird to be deeply involved in somebody and have, involved with somebody and have so much intimacy and to hide away parts of your heart if you know if you do have feelings for another person and you, because you're really not supposed to as we talked about and so when you hide that away like i mean Are are you even in a consensual relationship at that point? Because, you know, I don't think there can really be consent without honesty. And so any form of sort of like misleading or hiding or certainly lying sort of removes the ability for people to consent to their relationship. I totally agree. And I honestly
1: think that exists in every monogamous relationship, (laughs) from the beginning of
0: time
2: (laughs) totally yeah i mean i I think so too but you can't Mm -hmm. always tell say that to people they they get very upset or they claim that that's not true like i don't know you're really not supposed to feel that way right it's totally against the rules and in the same way uh that like anarchists are sort of like this scary concept and frowned upon like politically like relationship anarchy kind of exists in that same world of like No, like that's just, you know, I we cannot go there. I'm
0: pulling up my questions, pulling up my questions. Okay, all right, bring them out. Um, how do you make the elusive? I'm just diving in. How to make the elusive triad thruple actually work? Give us tips, tricks, advice. I mean, okay,
2: let's hear it. So, okay, so I'm not an expert on this like it is this is obviously an ongoing journey and like nobody has all the answers like my my go-to and like here's the thing i don't know if this actually is going to make your relationship work or stay together or what but like like i said it's just all about being honest it is all about just like saying the scariest even if you're so scared to say it like or -hmm. it's so hard to say or somebody doesn't want to hear it Like, the point is, like, if you want to have intimacy, you have to have that openness, you have to share yourself with people or you don't have a real connection. And so you share yourself and you take the risk of how, you know, how they react, but how they react is real. Like, I don't even I don't understand the concept of, like, hiding some part of yourself to get the kind of relationship that you think you want, because it's not real if you're not being real. Right.
0: Have you ever um, been in a situation where you were uncomfortable with what was being told to you? Uh,
2: Yeah. I mean, sure. It's sometimes really hard to, you know, Mm -hmm. to hear where people are at, you know, especially, you know, when somebody is trying to create distance and you want to be closer, you know, all all those same feelings exist that you have, you know, in in more mainstream relationships, you know, it's just more, Up front, and and you can talk about it directly, but of course, you know, deciding to be a relationship anarchist does not make you no longer feel jealousy or heartbreak or like any of the hard things about relationships. It just means that hopefully, if everyone's being honest, hopefully everything is more real and direct and kind of on the level and cards on the table.
1: Do you um, feel those difficult conversations lead to more intense in- intimacy
2: within your relationships? Oh, absolutely. I mean, of course, the, more you, the more you know somebody, the, you know, mm-hmm. the more you can really be close to them. And, and kind of like the more, it's like the more context you have in your connection, you know. And so when you have experiences together, you like understand where people are really at. And so your experiences are greatly, they have a lot more depth because you know how they actually feel about the whole scenario sure. are you I, able to work
1: through those difficult conversations usually I
2: mean, no i usually just stop talking to somebody when it becomes difficult <laughs> <No>. <laughs> i was wondering like no, where no. you took
0: us i was like is are you in the thruple den right now
2: <laughs> oh yeah you can see that um in yeah, the, you're in the triad nest. I'm in one of the dens. Yeah. <laughs> okay,
0: good. <laughs> How successful has, have these relationships been for you? What is the usual yeah. running length of each one?
2: Well, it's, a, it's an interesting question. I mean, for me, like I have struggled to have really long relationships in my life at all. So like my, my romantic relationships seem to have a cap of three years for my entire life. And, and actually, this is one of the things that kind of motivated me to, to like explore how I'm relating to people. Cause I, I'm a person that sort of comes at relationships from friendships and I, I tend mm-hmm. to be attracted to my dear friends. And so bad breakups are really horrible after the fact, mm-hmm. because I've lost a dear friend. I, you know, I'm not much of like a dater, you know, I, I will, find a connection with a friend and then if there's a bad breakup and I'm not friends anymore, I'm like, that wasn't worth it.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, and and so, you know, so that was part of my whole reevaluation of how I want to do relationships and wanting to be really open about how I am and who I am. And, you know, in the hopes of maintaining, you know, the connection, what connection there is after, you know, after if the romance ends or like the sexual part of the relationship ends. Um, And so I would say in, in that sense, I've been much more successful since, since trying to relate in this way of keeping friends um, you know, but I still have the three year cap, apparently. <laughs> so Aww. We'll get you a a cap uh, that says three years. <laughs> I, I mean, we're just talking about a, you know, a sort of romance cap, I guess, or okay. sexual, sexual connection kind of cap, which
0: sure. is,
2: which honestly is fine with me. Like, as long as I'm not losing friends, you know, if, if that is, you know, if that spiral only lasts for three years, like that's it's wonderful to be able to experience that closeness and then to still have a dear friend that, you know, that much better. Yeah. Oh, I'm
1: just curious. Are you able to transition back to friendships pretty easily in most cases? After the romantic?
2: Yeah. Sorry. In most cases, yes. And I mean, I think that's kind of part of, part of what I'm talking about, about being honest and about letting relationships be what they really are. I mean, that's one Mm -hmm. of the main, the core principles of relationship anarchy is that you're trying to avoid pushing relationships into a label and a definition. And so I'm, you know, in the context of talking about that, I'm able to explain the friendship is more important to me. And when you come at that from the beginning, that you're not, I'm not trying to be, uh, a husband or like a forever couple. if you know if we have that closeness forever, that's great. I, I, I am, but I don't want to risk the friendship and this is like uh, this is like an early conversation in every relationship that I have. Gotcha.
0: Do you garner any angst or wrath with your controversial alternative lifestyle slash love style? <laughs> i I went there.
2: Um, I mean, okay, I have gotten into trouble more than once, um, by having a connection with somebody who is not supposed to have a connection with another person. Uh, you know, it, you, as people start to get an idea of this philosophy, you become a symbol of like an outlet from their crappy relationship. So I like, well, I've never Really cheated on anybody in my life. I've definitely been the person who has cheated with a, a, a number of times, and I, you know, it's not—it's not a great thing to do. But occasionally, I mean, it—it's it, like it tends to be in situations where somebody's trying to get out of a toxic relationship, and I'm like, "You want me to be your relationship bomb?" And sometimes I will say yes, and that is. I I will say, I will admit that that's a morally questionable (laughs) practice, but sometimes I just do it anyways, because, you know, if it's, if it's that toxic, sometimes I'll say yes. And especially if the person who's trying to get out of the relationship is particularly wonderful and I want to help them out. (laughs) Hence the pitchforks coming after you. So Mm -hmm. anyways, but yeah, I mean, that, that is probably, you know, I would definitely say that sort of the most problems I've had are with jealous men. Um, I've also had some problems with uh, getting involved with women. I'm making it obvious that I'm basically heterosexual, Um, but uh, I've, I've also gotten in trouble with, with women who I've gotten involved with who, while, you know, I make a point of explaining how I want to have relationships in the beginning there is still sometimes like this desire to be you know a couple be like a monogamous couple and I am pretty firm about not doing that and then you know in my small town I've also been accused of having sex cult multiple times (laughs) like Tammy we have a cult leader we have a cult leader on the pod oh (laughs) I'm, I'm not a cult leader like I but that's that's like how weird our society is to the point where if somebody relates in the way that I do, which is just like, I'm just being completely honest and I'm not being monogamous. Like that equates to sex cult for people because our society, ignorant. Is so, well, because our society is, it is so like stuck in the relationship world. And, you know, and this is like, this is like kind of, you know, lefty weirdo culture. This is not, I'm not even talking about like conservative people, but I'm talking about, you know, my, my friends that consider themselves very liberal and tolerant, you know, and it's, it's really interesting how uh, homosexuality and like trans culture is just a given that that's completely accepted within liberal society, liberal culture But my God, non-monogamy is like, I don't know if those people are okay. It's
1: like you almost have to be like underground about it. Well, not you particularly, but anybody that practices like an alternative lifestyle or um, ethically non-monogamous lifestyle can't really be open without criticism.
2: Yeah, no, you you certainly open yourself to that.
1: Yeah, I've known people that have practiced that lifestyle that um, have lost jobs. Yep. families I mean the gamut yeah and um, I'm surprised too how the LGBTQ+ plus community doesn't fully embrace it
2: yeah huh yeah uh, there's there's an interesting discussion that goes on about whether non-monogamy is a sexual identity or not you know oh. it, it, it's it's you know it's hard to say obviously you choose how you use your words. But Mm -hmm. I I can definitely tell you that the sort of, like, social risks are very similar. And in liberal circles, they're much greater for being non-monogamous.
0: So I know the swingers have an icon that's the pineapple. What is your icon? (laughs) (laughs) A wizard hat. No.
2: (laughs) My my personal icon? I I don't know. You know, like... I um I'm a spider spirit, but uh, there we go you know there there is a relationship anarchy icon, which is like the heart with the a in the center. Oh, I didn't know that really. Okay. I didn't know that either. no, I was being I facetious let I, I sorry listeners, you don't get to see this, but I can show you my tattoo.
0: Oh, here. cool.
2: Oh, love it.
0: Good show. that's really right. cool He walks the walk. What are the best things and the worst things about being? in this style of relationship.
2: <laughs> That's too big. Um, I, okay. Hmm. Okay. I'll, I'll try. I'll try. Um, the best things. I mean, the best thing is really for me, it's the best thing. is just to be able to be totally honest. Right. Cause like, mm-hmm. if, if this is the way you want to relate, you just, you have to be totally open and, and it's so hard to have relationships and hide that. Right. like, so okay, the worst things. I mean, what's the worst thing? I, I you know, I, I guess certainly some of the social ramifications that we we're just talking about are one of the worst things. You know, I, I guess a sidelong way to look at that is like the worst thing is like you don't get to hide shit. Like <laughs> you know, <laughs> your your heart is bare. Like you know, your your insecurities are on display, and you know, you're you know, your fears and your like whatever parts of your personality, when you are not filtering yourself and, and you're really trying to relate by sharing yourself with another person or people like you're really on display. So I'm not, you know, it's not that that's truly a bad thing, but that's, that can be a really difficult thing.
0: No, I can see that. I can um, see. What about like, I mean, is it safe to say can we say that you're in a triad right now? Yes. Okay. So yeah, I'm... are there, now this I'm speaking for myself probably because I come from the world of monogamy, but it's like, are there moments where like, let's say you're feeling lonely, but the other two are occupied that evening. Is there any of that feeling or is it you're automatically included?
2: Oh no, there's definitely uh Uh, this is so so this kind of level of triad that i'm in is is a first for me um but no we like made a schedule (laughs) you know (laughs) google calendars baby (laughs) yeah no we we have one um and and yes those those things definitely happen um interesting uh, it yeah it's just Lonely, but you know what, like, it's lonely some nights, no matter what your kind of relating style is. Yeah, that's true. You know, all, all those same things are there. Like, you know, I don't think that you're, you're not changing the landscape so completely that, like, it's like a different world of emotions and feelings. It's just, you're just honest about it, you know? Right. And you're more flexible in your, in your relationships. So now there's three of us and so it becomes, yeah, there's sort of like a complexity. Do do you you and your partners have relationships outside of the triad? A little bit, not too much yet. It's been, I mean, we've all been so close and we, we uh, were best friends before we got involved in this way. And so this has been kind of a lot, although there, you know, there are some things brewing, um,
0: So, Mm -hmm. I mean, speaking of, you know,
2: as, as (laughs) they will, you know, when you open Mm -hmm. yourself to connections with people, like that is a thing that is going to happen.
0: Yeah. Um, I was thinking like in the spirit of relationship anarchy, like the Molotov cocktail would be to add a second female to the mix.
2: I, I mean, well, there's, there's a number of ways to mix Molotov cocktails. I think, <laughs> <you know. laughs> Thanks, Ivan. <laughs> you know, and, and like the, the level of closeness that we have now is it, it is, um, it does feel kind of delicate. Like we're, okay. we're trying to figure it out how to, how to keep the balance. Cause we all love each other a lot, yeah. you know, and, and Aww. there's, um, You know, there there is also the kind of like relationship anarchy or polyamory where it's more like a constant state of dating.
0: Mm.
2: Uh, you know, and that's not Mm -hmm. what's that's That's not what's happening. You guys that's not what we're involved in. So you're
1: not actively trying to find other
2: partners. It just happens more organically. Yeah, and and, I mean I generally am not that way anyways. That's not They come to you. (laughs) No. Well, Like I said, like, I, I'm attracted to my friends. So it's like after I'm friends with somebody for a year or something, like I often develop attractions and that's, that's my more like comfortable way of connecting with there's somebody.
0: Ga- there's gotta be a name for that too. Which is,
2: what is it? It's also like very abnormal oh. in our society. And I got into a lot of trouble in, with that in the past being that way, because you're kind of not supposed to like, you know. Oh yeah. Boundaries. Like, Boundaries, or like you know, the the so called friend zone, is like my favorite. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're breaking open the friend zone with a machete, yeah. smashing that right open. Interesting. <laughs> no, no, that that yeah. I feel like is the term Tammy would know. Sapiosexual. Is it sapiosexual? Yeah. When you're you're you have to only there has to be a more to it than. A physical connection? It's got to be like a... Uh, oh,
1: I think that's more demisexual. De- oh, demi. To where you're um, attracted to somebody's intellect more than physical appearance. You're, like, okay. attracted to personality and what's in their soul.
0: Right, but there's got to yeah. be another, like, another label for friend. Like, friend love. Friend I, I've never a... heard a term for that. For yeah.
2: people who are attracted well, to their friends. we should invent actually. one, damn it. We should. <laughs> um... Let's come up with it. We can coin it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try to think. Of, I'm gonna think about that. Yeah, let's see, it's that
0: an is, Ivanesque it's relationship. No,
2: no, no. <laughs> we're, we're we're not gonna name it after
0: Sure, we are. You've already. I,
1: I mean, I gotta say, I'm more demisexual. Like, I'm attracted more to what's on person's inside than their yeah. outside. Yeah. And I think once I get to know somebody's inside, their outside, you know, seems that much more like physically attractive. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think that's I'm about the same too. To how I feel. Okay, is there? Oh, the subject of a primary. I feel like in some of yes. our in some of our conversations that I've had with you, and I think I've expressed this to you at the time. I've seen like I see the draw of this type of relationship. If I was you, <laughs> like I think like me being the girl or the other person in the relationship, like I'll, I'm just being honest. Like I would think like. I see you getting a lot of your needs met and I'm not nothing against that, but I'm like, I see you as a primary here. Is that, would you, would you say that you normally take on or embody like the primary energy of it? Or are you the tag team
2: energy? of it? <laughs> Um, well, like, like I said, this is the first uh, this is I'm definitely right now in the closest multiple person relationship that I've had. Okay. And so I've been primary in some relationships and I've been like a side piece in other relationships.
0: <laughs> the cod piece. Yeah.
2: Uh, <laughs> um, I, so it, in relationship anarchy and, and also like, you know, labels aside in, in my own thinking, I think that it's really dangerous to sort of label somebody as a primary. In fact, I've been in relationships where this is trouble because they're, you know, mm-hmm. then you connect with somebody else and then they're always, they're measuring themselves to see if they're still the primary. And it's very weird and, and it's not flowing to promise because you might like one thing about somebody a lot and another thing about the, another person a lot and, And I just think it's generally bad practice to put your relationships on a totem pole Mm -hmm. in that way. But that said, like the reality is, you know, you are, you, you do have like a level of connection with people. And so somebody might in reality be more primary. Like you are more connected to them. You feel more connected to them. You are closer to them. I think that, to me, the important thing is, is not to promise that that is just set in stone. It, that's very similar to a monogamous situation, mm-hmm. you know, where really it's, uh, you know, monogamy is a lot like having a primary, but, but you're not allowed to sleep with any of your secondaries or, you know, or something like that. It's a similar format mm-hmm. where you're, you're promising like, Hey, I'm going to be most connected to you. And it's like, your heart doesn't work that way. Like, your heart is like, I love this other person, you know, and and now you've created a relationship where you can't say, hey, I've been feeling really connected to this other person, you know, and and I want you, my other partner, to understand that that's where I'm at, And, and that's one of those things that's really hard to say, but it's really important to say, and And you're not really in a consensual relationship where, when, even if you're not acting on the primariness of your feelings for another person, you're really thinking about this other person all the time. Mm. And it, it becomes a nasty cycle. Like, you know, that gross feeling of, you know, thinking about another person while you're you're with With somebody uh, else, somebody else. Like that always feels gross. I don't know. To me, it always feels gross. And I'd rather just be able to be totally open about where my feelings are at. And I think that that takes away from that cycle of thinking about the other person because you're like, I'm not keeping a secret. I don't know. There, there, there's something very freeing about being honest about things, even when it's difficult, mm-hmm. because when you're hiding a lie, it tends to keep coming up in your mind and, yeah. and it takes away from your ability to be in the moment. You can see that.
1: So can I just build on that? What about compersion? What's that? Uh, Do you, compersion? It's the opposite of jealousy. Oh. It's feeling really happy when you know that your partner is really happy with somebody else.
2: It's not like (laughs) cuckolding?
1: No, that's totally different.
2: I mean, it might be a related concept, you Mm. know, in a a way. But yeah, I think that, I think that, uh, developing that is really important and I think it just kind of it comes with the territory like once you get comfortable with y- your people having other people you know you, you start to realize oh it's so much better when everybody's happy and mm-hmm. so it, it kind of grows the compersion kind of grows naturally um huh. and it's such a foreign concept I think to yeah. where they like horrified at the idea that their person is even interested in another person,
0: mm.
2: you know, but that's like, you know, your emotional connections with people and your sexual connections with people. It's one of the juicy, spicy parts of life, you know? And oh, I for like me, it. it's like, it's like you, you want people to have that. I'm not wanting to take that away from anybody. Juicy um, and spicy. But, What's that? Juicy and spicy. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and like, I want to be able to free to explore that. And I want other people to be free to explore that. Mm. And, you know, and that's, um, but a- at the same time, uh, jealousy is a thing. And, you know, I don't know if it's genetic or socially constructed or what, but like. You well, know, jealousy you're, stems you're from insecurity. Much yeah yes yes i i would totally agree with that um and and i would you know it just a lot of people are afraid of non-monogamy because they're just like i would be jealous and it's just like yeah you will be jealous you know and and that's it's not too big of a price to pay for being able to be real with people Mm. and and to be free and to offer you know to have relationships that are free you know that are completely to know that you are the person that you are with is there completely because they want to be and not because of any contract or structure that you have set up or they have they to be. They they have to be. Yeah, this is like a really important hmm. underlying concept is that people are relating in freedom. That just lets you be more yourself and it lets you know each other more when you are there in, in together in freedom. And do you find jealousy can be
1: overcome with strong communication yeah.
2: talking through it? Is this a, is, um,
1: are
0: you an over communicator in these situations? Are your partners over communicators? Are you guys, there's gotta be a, probably a discrepancy I think with how one communicates, but like, what is your style? Like, do you like to, mm-hmm. do you like to share? Do you like to
2: hear? Is it, I, I mean, I like to hear, I, I like to hear everything. I, I will say that like the way I've come to view jealousy is like, this is more of like a, a self work kind of thing. You know, like I would say in, in, the, in the mainstream monogamous relationship, if you make me jealous, you are causing a problem. Right. Whereas for me, like, if you make me jealous, I have a problem. Like I, I have something that I need to work on in myself and work out and, and i will usually share that i i am experiencing jealousy but i i try not to like have other people feel like they need to work on that with me and and i'm reluctant to share share it too much partially because i don't really want to influence behavior because like even though we're in a relationship structure where everyone's allowed to do whatever they want of course you're going to avoid making your loved ones jealous. And that can mess with, you know, you, you're you maybe not doing what you actually want to do. I So I don't want to have that effect. And so like, I often will communicate that I'm having jealous feelings, I might not be very specific about what they're about, or why. Um, mm-hmm. and, and try to work on it myself. I, I don't know if this is a great practice, honestly, like jealousy is a tricky one this is this is kind of like how i've come to terms with it is just that it's it's basically as you said tammy it's like insecurity and it's Mm -hmm. also has to do with some societal programming about like what it means if somebody is with somebody else which feeds into the insecurity (laughs) right which feeds into the insecurity (laughs) and and i'm mostly just treating it Mm -hmm. as a thing to like to work on and and i feel like you know Now, having been through enough of it to, you know, jealousy comes up and it's not a huge deal for me. And I I always kind of see it as an opportunity, like, okay, I'm like getting rid of one more little lingering bit of bad programming. You know, as especially in my current relationship where, you know, I love these people so much and I want them to be Mm -hmm. happy. It's like, there's no room for me to be all weird about you know, them having time together, having a great time together. Of course I want that. So like, you know, it's, it's getting your, I don't know, getting your sort of like animal instinct of jealousy into alignment with your, you know, your more like philosophical choices and like the way that you want to be. Hmm. Interesting. Tame that
0: animal instinct. Oh, oh, that, um, Holiday question. Where do you, who spends where with who? (laughs) Holiday
2: question. Hmm. It's, I mean, it's not a great question for our situation because none of us have family here. Okay. So, um, Oh yeah. Does
0: their family know
2: about this arrangement? We we hang out together. Like that's, Hmm. that's pretty much.
0: Are you open with your family about this? Are they open with their family?
2: <laughs> yeah, I my family is is used to this because, like I said, it's been like ten years for me, and I've always been sort of a strange character, and so like nothing can shock them anymore. So, it is this like easy for me to communicate with them? Yeah. In fact, uh, my stepdad, before he passed on, was kind of the worst about it because he was like a bit of a womanizer when he was younger. Oh, and he would oh. Uh, get like this very weird like gratification (laughs) over like how many people are you sleeping with? I'm like, it's not really, it's not, it's not like what you were doing when you were younger.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, like he is a, he is a guy who like sleep with sleep with multiple women, but he, you know, was not okay with them sleeping with other people. Right. And so I'm just like, I'm just like this is an entirely different thing Mm -hmm. that that I'm doing, Um, and he would always have the most embarrassing comments about it. (laughs) But so I think I had the reverse problem of what maybe most people would have being in, you know, in non monogamous relationships where their families are like, "Uh, "I don't know how to deal with this," or you know, I don't really know. Like my family is very like easygoing about it. Uh, My my current partners have, well, one of them has had some struggles with uh, Christian parents and the other, I think parents just don't really have a framework to, to really process it. And are, I don't know, I kind of, okay. I haven't actually met, met those parents. So I, I don't really understand the relationship too well, but, um, but yeah, I, mean, I, think, I, I think no. I'm in a, I think I'm in a weird state as far as being able to open with my family because they're just so used to me not conforming to any societal norms.
0: Got to, yeah.
2: You had already laid the groundwork a bit. Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) And I found, too, like, people that are in different lifestyles, people that are monogamous, just don't get it
2: or understand it or have so
1: many preconceived notions about it.
2: I mean, yeah, this is... It's... That's such a weird thing. I mean, it's like it's almost more difficult to talk to my monogamous friends about it and be mm-hmm. than my family, who's who are also monogamous, but sort of like they don't are, are maybe less threatened by the idea of having a non monogamous person in their circle because it really does call into question some of our deepest social norms and some mm-hmm. of. And, like I said before, is like in sort of liberal culture and, and so called tolerant cultures, like you're sort of calling out where they're not tolerant or liberal.
0: Yeah, I would think even the addition of somebody who's non monogamous in your friend circle would just by default, by their presence, question the validity and stability of a monogamous relationship just by existence.
2: Yes. No, I mean, there there is an underlying challenge, you know, you you just represent a challenge to, to this like unquestioned social norm.
0: Yeah. Either somebody wants to refute you or negate you or build up their own relationship in comparison and say, you know what I mean? Make themselves feel better. Yes. So or it's either rooting for you to, to, for you to fail. Yeah. Probably like rooting for you to fail or, mm. you know, or it's going to challenge, it's going to challenge their own stuff and be like, well, shit, we have to hide all our attractions and all our crushes. How They should too.
2: You know? Right. Well, <laughs> like, I definitely, I definitely think that that is a huge factor that people are intimidated by that level of honesty. Yeah. It's, it's a threat to any monogamous relationship that, has gotten stale or tense or weird yeah which they often do or if there's been uh, cheating or like. oh, oh cheaters hate openly non-monogamous people the most right this is this is the most trouble I've got in is is with generally men that are cheating on their wife or girlfriend And my presence in the community with them is is absolutely a threat to that. Yeah. Wow. Uh, You know, because the principle of being honest about those things like threatens their whole weird fucking thing that they're doing, and and it's, I mean, it's so ironic, right? It's like the person who is cheating is like hates the openly non monogamous person who's just trying to create a place where they can have the connections that they want to have without having to lie to their spouse or whatever. Like, you know, it's I, such a double standard. It, it, well, I I, yes, like, I mean, the hypocrisy is extremely it's rampant. Glaring. Yeah. And it's rampant. Yeah. And so I, you know, that's in, in my small town, those are the people that hate me the most. <laughs> it's like cheaters. Ah, uh, you're a big reminder
0: of their own. Shortcomings. Um oh, all right. Here's a delicious question. All right, you know. STDs, pregnancy, right sex. How do you uh, how do you navigate that?
2: Uh well, okay, so pregnancy I navigated by getting snipped. Okay. So, and this, so you're a non-breeder at this point. I'm a non-breeder <laughs> at this point. I, I never wanted to have kids and I never I don't have any kids. When I decided to give up on monogamy I was like I've been thinking about getting a vasectomy forever like now is definitely the time mm-hmm. like I'm just not there's just no way that I, I'm gonna have a kid at this point in my life um so you know so that's yeah and not it's, to, sort, it's sort of a cop-out in a way because I just was like I just completely eliminated
0: that. right um, for you but like not and not to like insinuate that an open sort of sexual situation would have more STDs. That's where one's logic would go because I'm sure in monogamous relationships, if there's deceit, there's opportunities for
2: STDs there
0: too. So
2: I, I would say that, I mean, I don't know, this is, this is totally not based on any statistics, but my impression is that the risks are pretty similar because in a monogamous relationship, you're going to lie and you're probably going to hook up with somebody without talking to them as much there, you know, there's not as much openness and communication. Um, And so while you might have less partners in a monogamous relationship, when I say monogamous, I am talking about a monogamous relationship where you are sleeping with other people, but you're just Mm -hmm. right. Um, So there's, you know, so there's definitely risk of STD in that situation too. You know, the, the mitigating factor for the kind of relating that I'm trying to do, anyways, is just there's a lot more communication. Yeah, and I have a conversation about sexual health before I sleep with somebody, uh, and then I get tested fairly regularly. But I mean, also, this is—I guess—is is something we haven't really talked about here, which is that I'm not. I'm not a person that's really into like casual relationships.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And so that that confuses the hell out of a lot of people. Right. Is that that, Mm -hmm. like you're non-monogamous, like not just non-monogamous, like a relationship anarchist, like I am doing whatever I want to, you know, and and having whatever relationships I want to and, and define them how I decide to define them. But just personally, and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with people who are into casual relationships, like that's, you know, that's a personal choice, but it's just not my thing. And so between that and communication, I feel like the the risks of STD are, are much lower. And and certainly like kind of when I started this journey, that was like a big thing on my mind, like, oh god, how do I avoid getting STDs and like I, I've come to relax about it a lot more and I, I've also And I've met more people who have like herpes, it's not a huge deal for them. I've come Mm -hmm. to learn that like, you know, a lot of these things are either curable or not as big of a deal. And people are pretty, you communicate and you kind of set your own boundaries and decide like how you're, you're going to deal with it. Yeah. Well, I guess I I have a specific example. We kind of just talked about it in our, in our throuple. Um, Oh. Me because you know there's some chance that I'll end up sleeping with a, a new friend and so we're like well we've never had to deal with this before like what's what's it going to be and so like we are probably I'm gonna be on like sexual quarantine for a couple weeks so you you wait a couple weeks after you sleep with somebody and then you could get tested and then go from there. Like
0: sexual quarantine. I, I'm actually <laughs> see, of I'm gonna be on
2: quarantine, but like, you know, as long as it's not cuddle quarantine. I'm- Aww. <laughs> <laughs>
1: are there rules as far as like using protection within your thropple
2: without sexual? No. no. I mm-hmm. I am not a big fan of those rules. I mean I'm not a big fan of condoms in general as, as most people are like a man. And I'm kind of like, (laughs) they don't, they don't prevent STDs like they help, but they, you know, it's kind of like, well, again, like here we are in the end of days. And like, I want to have sex without a condom and I'm just going to take my chance and then get tested. You know, I'm going to communicate first, you know, like I, I also like, you know, if you're not out hunting for sex and you're making real connections with people, you, I've found that I end up with people who aren't super promiscuous. Gotcha. That have been tested before. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm, I'm generally with people that are already non-monogamous and, and well aware, you know, and and take care of themselves and they want to protect their partners and, you know, and so I, I, you kind of fall into a pattern of being tested and, and just being aware of of that stuff, and not just trying to sleep with as many people as you can, kind of thing. Interesting. Which, guess some people. I don't know. Do, do people do that? I think there are people out there that oh, do yeah. that, but like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not really my gig.
0: Um, and I think we covered my last question before-ish, but I'll repeat it, is what what do you do when the feelings are
2: unbalanced? Yeah, I mean, that's a tricky one. That's the thing about being honest about your emotions is like the emotional world is very complex and multidimensional and like yeah. you have different kinds of feelings and you have fluctuating feelings. There's like waveforms that happen. I don't know. Like all you can really do is just be really honest and open and kind of go from there. I, I don't know that there's any great rules for that, you know, except for you, you know, you have to learn to force yourself to to say things that people might not want to hear, you know, because if you are really attached to to somebody and and that's not made clear to another person, you know, that's it's like everything's a time bomb, you know, you cannot say it, but it's going to come out people are going to figure it out or they, you know, there's going to just going to intuit, and there's going to be problems. And
0: I mean, I think especially if that's how close you guys are with one another, you're going to feel the energy Mm -hmm. shift. You're going to know something's off.
2: Yes. And I, but I, I also try to practice this even in like less super connected relationships than I'm in now is like, I, I will tell people as much as they're comfortable hearing, Which which generally, like, if you're really open and, like, you know, you're not sneaky and you do like people, then you like to talk to your friends about your crushes and your connections and stuff. That's, like, a normal thing for people to talk with each other about. Gotcha. Which is, and this is, like, this is a pattern that I've come to really enjoy, is that, like, being in a relationship with somebody doesn't mean you have to stop talking about your crushes and, you know, your connections with other people. Yeah. And yeah. and if you, if you can get to that place where you enjoy talking about that with each other, like that, that all becomes a lot easier.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a taboo in itself, but you know, yeah. I, that would be ideal. <laughs> And plus, I think it your partner ideal. knows, it, I think your, your monogamous partner knows if you have a crush on someone, <laughs> it's like, I maybe, mean, maybe in, you in don't talk way, about yeah, it, but
2: right. Yeah. Like, like there's like a, an intuitive sense, right. But who knows what their mind does with that? Yeah. Yeah. That's you know what true. I mean? And so like, it's actually a lot easier for people, I think, it, you know, in the long run to, to just actually know how you feel. You know, even if they'd preferred that you were totally focused on them, it's still, at least they don't have to sit there wondering, mm-hmm. you know, and feeling like maybe is there something going on? Right. <laughs> you know, like, driving themselves crazy. Yeah. <laughs> driving themselves crazy. Yeah. Like, I mean, sort of a tangent, but, but, you know, watching like movies and like relationships and pop culture takes a total turn when you start thinking like this, because you're like half of the romantic comedies out there are like, Oh, like this whole movie couldn't even happen if these people weren't lying to each other. Yeah. You know, there's like so many scenarios Mm -hmm. that are like contrived in, in our movies and stuff that it's all about like lying or having a secret love or like, you know, just like not telling somebody about your feelings for them. Like, you know, it's, it's, our our style of relating that's taught to us is so not open. It's not about openness and just being flat out and vulnerable with people.
0: Yeah, interesting. Tammy, I I nailed all my questions. Do you have anything You did. I think I snuck them in. <laughs> you did sneak them in. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Ivan. Um yes. I don't want to keep you any longer or maybe I do. No, um, but no, we appreciate (laughs) it. And I appreciate the candor and honesty and openness. I mean, it's brave. I mean, I know. And you don't even consider it brave. Like that's just who you are. I love it.
2: (laughs) Well, I I mean, it does take some courage to, to be vulnerable, but like, you know, talking, talking with you about it is a lot easier than emotionally charged conversations where it's like, I'm supposed to have a certain answer to this question that <laughs> might not be my actual answer to the question. Right. You know, but I do like talking about it and, and I, you know, I I'm a, just a philosophical person in general, so I I enjoy kind of exploring these subjects and it does it still feels like very uncharted territory, you know, despite mm-hmm. Even discovering relationship anarchy and that there are some people out there that kind of think about it the way that I do it still feels very like it's sort of like this lonely exploration because mm. there's just not that many people that are trying to relate this way.
0: Let us know when your manifesto comes out.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, <right>. I, will. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will. I will come back on the show when I'm ready to go full manifest. Go public.
0: No. Well thank you so much, Ivan. And thank you. Yeah. We're glad to have you. Um all right. Take care and take us out, Tammy. Take us out. Thank you. Thank you guys (laughs) for joining us. Love you all. Be good humans. Be good humans. See you guys later.
2: Wine interrupted with Heather Noel and Tammy.